In the holy name of Jesus. What is the fourth commandment? Actually, you know what? Um, there's, a, there's a hymnal in front of you, under the seat in front of you. Grab it, would you? I'll give you a moment. Page 321. That's where the catechism is in the hymnal. Page 321. At the bottom, I think, of the first column, the fourth commandment. So I'll ask and you respond. Everybody got it? What is the fourth commandment? What does this mean? Well done. Might I suggest to you today that that is a very, very good way to think of this feast day, this All Saints Day. It's like Father's Day and Mother's Day all rolled up into one. It is the day we remember our fathers and our mothers in the faith who have gone before us and now rest with Christ as we honor and obey and love and cherish these fathers and mothers of ours in the faith We do so primarily today by coming to church like they taught us to do, by gathering in the name of Him who is both their Lord and ours. In fact, when Moses gives that fourth commandment more than 3,000 years ago on Mount Sinai to the children of Israel, it came with a promise. Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long and that it may go well with you in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. So, they were not to honor their fathers and their mothers, just, you know, kind of bear with them while you are under their roof. You're not even supposed to honor your father and your mother as long as they're alive. But the Lord has in mind the years to come, an entire lifetime later, actually, when they would enter the promised land. So, we too... Do not forget our fathers and our mothers, those who have spoken and taught to us the word of God. Be they parents, or perhaps pastors, or perhaps teachers, or perhaps anyone else who ministered to us in this way, whether they are still with us, or have gone to be with the Lord, whether we ever actually knew them or not, or only know them by what they have written and what we have read over the years, Because they have taught us the ways of God, so we honor them. We honor them, and we honor them because they have taught us well, and because they, in their lives, took up their crosses and followed Jesus, followed Him. And so we honor them, we listen to them, we read, and we follow them on the path that for them has already led to everlasting life. Our Augsburg Confession, the first Lutheran confession written, says this about the faithful who have gone before us. Our churches teach that the accounts of saints may be set before us so that we may follow their example of their faith and good works according to their callings in life. But Scripture does not teach that we are to call on the saints or to ask the saints for help. 
Scripture sets before us the one Christ as the mediator, the atoning sacrifice, the high priest, and the intercessor. So this is what we confess about our fathers and our mothers in the faith. We are to follow their godly words and their godly deeds, even as we do not treat them as Christ himself. 491 years ago that was written. And in those days there was often an unhealthy obsession with the saints. A sort of fixation on their words and their deeds, even sort of to the uh, exclusion or at least the pushing aside of the words of our Lord Jesus. However, there is also an opposite temptation for us, that is, to forget the saints, to think that they are old and their time has passed, and in our new age we have nothing to learn from them. We might think that their times these days are so different from our own that they have nothing to teach us, no wisdom to give us, because after all, we have motor cars and airplanes. We have devices in our pockets, and we have medical advances that far outseeded their own. And so we might foolishly conclude that we have no longer any use for their wisdom or their example. But the fourth commandment would rebuke us in this tendency. You are to honor your fathers and your mothers in the faith, even if they use Facebook and you use TikTok, or even if they have never even heard of any such thing or cared. You are to honor them always, especially as they have taught you the word of God and shown you the words and the very works of Christ and have left you, especially those who have left you in particular, a Christian legacy to follow. They have fought the good fight. They have kept the faith. They have finished the race. And they have received the crown of righteousness, which is exactly what we all today are gathered to strive together to receive, the crown of eternal life. Today, Jesus, in our gospel, is preparing his disciples for exactly this race, this what St. Paul calls a fight, of faith. These Beatitudes that we read really are strange if you think about it. Jesus should have said, Blessed are the rich in spirit, those who are spiritually vibrant. Blessed are those who smile easily. Blessed are those who are forward. Blessed are those who are righteous already by themselves. But Jesus blesses instead the poor in spirit, those who mourn, those who are meek, and those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, which they do not yet have. He does this because he knows the things that are waiting for his disciples. He knows exactly what will happen to them should they continue to follow him. They will not be rich. They will do much more mourning than dancing in their lives. They will be persecuted and called to turn the other cheek. They will be shown no mercy and yet called to have mercy on others. Jesus is calling them to take up their crosses and to follow him on a way which leads through death 
through the grave and into newness and fullness of eternal life. So, Jesus gives them the blessings today that they will actually need, not the pretend or easy blessings that he might have given them. Because it is easy, isn't it, to sense God's blessing when things are going well for us, when we are getting praised at work, or when our kids are getting scholarships, or when our finances are in the black. So Jesus kind of skips over those blessings, and he cuts to the chase. His apostles will not be receiving uh, what, you know, retirement portfolios. Most of them won't live that long. So what these disciples need instead is hope. A hope that endures past this life, a hope which is greater than this world. And in one word, the Beatitudes, the blessings that our Lord Jesus gives us today in the Gospel are all about hope. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness now, for they shall be satisfied later. Blessed are the merciful, for they will later receive mercy, eventually. And blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall at last see God. Shall, shall, shall. Future, future, future. Hope, hope, hope. On this All Saints Day, we may well ask ourselves how we can follow in this blessed example of the saints and lead the sort of blessed lives that they themselves led on this earth. How can we endure poverty instead of chasing after riches? How can we lead meek lives in such a loud and ostentatious world that we live in? How can we show mercy when we are being persecuted, when we ourselves are not being shown mercy? And how can we maintain pure hearts when so many temptations scroll past our eyes every single day? It isn't by focusing on the saints or by placing our hope in the saints or by praying to the saints. It is instead, as the Augsburg Confession says, first of all, by following them in their faith, by placing our hope where they place their hope, in Christ Jesus our Lord, crucified for us, risen again for us, ascended into heaven to show us the path to eternal life. So if you truly wonder how to lead a pure life, how to lead a faithful and even saint-like life in this world, if you desire to live as though there is more than this world, as though this world is actually small and only a sort of preparation for the world to come, then you can do no better than the words we heard from St. John in our epistle today. They're short, so let's hear them again. See what kind of love the Father has given to us, to you, that we should be called children of God, and so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared, but we know that when He appears, we shall be like Him 
because we shall see him as he is. And everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. The world does not know you. You know, everything out there, they don't know you. They don't understand you. But the Lord Jesus does know you, and he does understand you. Jesus understands us, and he loves us, and today, he blesses us. He blesses who we actually are. He blesses us in the midst of our need, in the midst of our need for his mercy. We are God's children right now. And what we will be has not yet appeared. There is, you know, there are things we do not know are coming. But we know that whatever comes, that those beatitudes apply. We still need those beatitudes, don't we? Because we are still hungry. We are still poor. We still mourn and hunger and thirst in this world. But when Christ appears, when Christ Jesus returns and comes back for you, you will be like him, promises St. John. You will have joined that great multitude of heavenly hosts that appears in Revelation around the throne of God, crying out, Worthy is the Lamb. As, just like we did today. Did you notice that? That hope that we have even right now, that promise that Christ himself pledges to you, that is what purifies you. That's what makes a saint. Think about that. That's, it's not a... Uh, you know, trying really hard. It's not um, putting the screws to yourself or to someone that you are trying to spur on. What purifies you, what makes you holy, what makes you a saint, says St. John, is the hope that you have. That is what makes you holy, even saintly, even right now in the midst of this world. And it's just like we began with The fourth commandment. Just like the fourth commandment, the Beatitudes we heard today offer a promise. A promise that Christ Jesus himself gives to you. They come with a future that Christ himself guarantees and that Christ himself will give to you. And that hope that we have even now is what will make us all saints. In the holy name of Jesus. Thank you.